listening to Down by the Bank, a Jacksonville Jaguars podcast with Corey, Derek, and JK3. All right, welcome to Down by the Bank, affiliated with the Blue Wire Podcast Network. This is Corey. Hey guys, what's up? It's Derek. Hey, what's up, guys? It's JK3. Hey, before we get started, really quick shout out to the Jag fans uh, out there for helping us with the uh, gift for Benjamin Saxophone Man Purdy. Went really well. I think we saw that tweet tagged at the top of our Twitter profile with the pictures from when uh, we were able to present the uh, the gift check and the thank you note with all the cool thank you messages. And um, and then the Jags even jumped in and got some gear and, and some uh, ticket vouchers, which hopefully he's waiting till next year to use because uh, <laughs> not, not exactly... Uh, an appealing season to use those at this point, but, um, but it was really fun. Uh, you know, he was super excited. Uh, we even had some fans walk by and kind of, uh, uh, shout out, um, us being there and taking some pictures and videos and they were super nice too, but JK three, I don't know if you have any thoughts on that. You want to get out there? Yeah, no, it was awesome. Uh, you know, thank you for everybody who, you know, kind of jumped on Twitter and jumped on that bandwagon. I think it was awesome, man, just to really just see, <clears throat> you know, the notes and then, how many people have noticed this man, you know, for over like years. And uh, it is just really good to, you know, finally have like a feel good story, you know, from the, uh, from the fans perspective and really give someone, uh, you know, some of us, you know, something, something nice to see in the holidays, you know, it's a really good um, opportunity for everyone to give back, you know, a little bit of philanthropy, uh, philanthropy. Yeah. That's a hard word. That, yeah. <laughs> philanthropy. Um, yeah. Philanthropy. Yeah. 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 Uh, with the uh, with the Jags also. And um, so, yeah, no. And it was really it was really funny because like he was more excited. I mean, the funds were great, but he was more excited to receive like the official gear, which was really cool. So maybe next year we do like a beanie drive for him or something. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so no, that that was a lot of fun. Appreciate everybody for uh, joining in on that, and uh, maybe we can try to do something similar for for someone else or, or you know an organization or something next year. Because obviously we have a lot of good folks in the fan base that are willing to pitch in and and give their time and money. So appreciate that. Uh, shifting gears, we had uh, JK3 had set up, uh, and Derek, you were on there, and, and I was on there. And we had a chunk of people on there. Uh, our first Twitter spaces talking about the. Uh, great news, and Derek, I'll let you hit on this, of uh, Trent uh, Balky, our favorite general manager, being retained. I mean, are you excited about that or what? Man, ain't no way in H-E double hockey sticks I'm excited about that. That 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 royally ticks me off, man, because when you look at the man's track record as far as a GM in the National Football League, it hasn't even been uh, mediocre. It's been piss poor, Okay. He does not practice his six P's. Do we know what our six P's are? Proper planning prevents piss poor performance. Okay. <laughs> that he, he doesn't, he, he doesn't have proper planning, which gives us piss poor performance. All right. We don't need any help with being piss poor. Okay. And we're getting, we're, we're going to get some more because uh, he's being retained. No, I'm not happy about that at all. And we'll, we'll, we'll talk more about that later here in the episode, but that's just not a good move for us. I think that there are uh, other qualified candidates out there that will uh, help this team. I think there's uh, qualified candidates out there that will be able to hire a good NFL coach because I really believe, this is my opinion, but I believe it's going to limit us as far as the type of coach we can hire. He's going to want a coach he can step on and kind of dictate instead of a strong-willed coach. Uh, that's a sign of a weak person, by the way, uh, to, in my opinion. 
when a weak person always gets someone that doesn't have very little or no experience, so they can kind of dictate what they do. If you hire a strong-willed person, they don't like that because they'll clash, as in hi, Jim Harbaugh in San Francisco. So um, that that's where I'm at with it right now. Yeah, JK3, no, I – Go ahead, I'm sorry. No, I was going to say, if you could – JK3, if you give us a little insight on the Twitter spaces and your experience with that and then what you think about uh, the bulky move. One, you got to watch out for the trolls. Cause they're out there, <laughs> so, which, which was great by the way, but um, no, the spaces, man, it was awesome. It was awesome just to really grab, uh, you know, some of the, some of the fans and have the same reactionary, you know, kind of conversations to, to what's been going on, you know, within the organization and especially with the, within the, the retaining of bulky. I think the biggest thing and to piggyback off what Derek says is just that, you know, you, you don't get rid of, you don't get rid of the losing without getting rid of all the losers, if that makes sense. You know, this organization has retained executives and leadership from the previous losing regime and expecting things to change like the culture and and expecting things to change, most importantly, like our record. And you cannot retain any of the stink and expect anything to change going forward. I mean, it's just the bottom line. You know, you can't keep the same people that are in and the same people that were in the office or that were in the building with any of the, you know, the performance and those things. You just can't. Something has to change. And I think the leadership right now and the things that are happening at the top of the organization need to 100 percent change. Um, You know, you can't have someone behind the scenes that has been, you know, that has been working with Dave Caldwell. Like you wanted Dave Caldwell gone. So we hire Dave Caldwell's assistant. That makes no sense. So he he steps in and, and you know, the same thing, you know, with, uh, you know, with Balky, you know, knowing his reputation around the league, knowing what he's done, um, you know, you put that guy in charge. I could see having him in charge for like an interim season or, you know, having this opportunity, um, you know, just kind of just just moving forward just to see. But, you know, retaining him as a GM for something that he hasn't done, especially you know, during this year, I think we've got, you know, just a time clock ticking with Trevor Lawrence's development with the overall, you know, patientness of the uh, patience of the fan base. Um, and then also, you know, just with it's just a, a ticking time bomb right now. And, you know, retaining him is just throwing gas or, you know, cutting the blue wire on that time bomb or whatever, you know, you did in any of those Arnold Schwarzenegger movies or Die Hard, whatever you don't cut the wire, whatever that wire you cut is now just the, the time clock is now ticking faster. Yeah, that was actually a good sneaky reference to Blue Wire, by the way. <laughs> blue Wire Podcast <laughs> Network. Um, yeah, I think it usually is the Blue Wire. I don't know, but uh, I've never I've that. never I've never had very many dealings <laughs> with a bomb before. So, yeah, I don't we know. should nail that. We should nail that down <laughs> in the event that it comes up. But um yeah, no, the troll thing was hilarious. I think it was Jets fans primarily. Uh, like they have this great platform to go and bash us as if they're doing so much more awesome. But uh, they did beat us, but that's fair. Um, at least and their 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 sentiment is at least we're not the Jaguars. Yeah, exactly. And and what was it? Oh, we had in the group text, uh, I think maybe JK3, you can tell me if it was you that uh or if it was you, Derek, I don't know, but it mentioned that a, a player on another team's practice squad actually declined coming here or something is that the yeah. state of the franchise that we have people that legitimately don't think there's any opportunity here the, the worst part about it and i did a little bit more digging it was uh divino zigbo so he had been here before he's been here previously and the running backs that he's competing against right now well he would be competing against right now 
would be uh, Ogumba Wale and Carlos Hyde. Who's the third? Who, who's the third running back? Do, do they have like a third running back on the roster right now that they they had to have elevated someone? You know, uh, from the white guy. I can't remember his name. He was in for like, Colette or something like that. Call it. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah, you know yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I know you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. So, um, with him in, so like, would you and and him just saying, you know, I'm, I would rather just stay on the practice squad because I'm getting more player development from the Patriots coaches on the practice squad. Like, I don't know if that's ever in the history of anyone has declined being called up from the practice squad to a pro team or like being actual, you know, 52 man roster uh, or 53 man roster. I don't or however many now because of COVID probably like 69 man roster or something like that. But, uh, you know, just being called up to the to the actual you know roster and just saying, no, nah, I'm just going to stay here. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty it's- depressing. <laughs> it's, it's not just depressing it's it's just downright terrible like when you got guys that don't want to come here um when you have players that uh don't want to even try out for the team i know of two players personally that are, are, are young kids that uh are trying to make it into the league that the, the jags have offered tryouts to that told that he, he they told him no thanks I'm not coming there for various reasons. One was Urban Meyer. The other was their, their organization as a leadership. So that, 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 that's telling. When you have guys that don't want to fulfill their dream to play in the NFL, even if it's with a crappy team, they're like, no, nah, I'm good. I'll stay home and work out. I'll go to LA Fitness and work out before I join a team. Come on. <laughs> that's, that's terrible. That, that's bad, man. If that doesn't tell you something... I don't know what is, and and Khan doesn't pay attention to those things. He just pays attention to the to the financial statements. So, what's it so going to require to to get it changed? Is it going to be a splashy? I mean, obviously, based on what you guys were saying, bulky being retained. I had a theory in the Twitter spaces, and tell me if you think this is possibly accurate. And I think you guys had one too about maybe he's going to be in the organization as like not the GM, but maybe a lesser role or something like he was previously. I thought maybe they were just going to retain him. So Shad Khan had a guy who sort of knew what he was talking about to a certain extent. I guess that's a bad way to, to say it, but knew the ins and outs of the coaching search process and the interview process. And then maybe we'd just cut him loose after that. Um, do you think that's a possibility? And um or let me back up two questions. One, what will change the culture to make it so that players will want to come here, just coach, coach and GM, just GM. And you envision bulky staying much longer than the coaching search process, or is he actually being retained as the permanent GM? Okay. All right. Let me, let me start off with this. We're, we're going to get a little bit uh, technical here, a little, little business, uh, some business phrases uh, in the accounting world. There's a phrase called tone at the top. Okay. Uh, tone at the top means that the integrity of the organization from the top down, all right, from the top down, simple enough, right? Okay, so if the organization is jacked up at the top, when it comes to actually play on the field, it's not going to work. So from the from the top down, starting with, you know, Shad Khan, going all the way down to our last practice player, the, the – um, the integrity, and we're not talking about, you know, there's other parts of that. So we're not talking about fraud. We're just talking about the integrity of the team. Okay. Uh, that is not going to work at all. It's not going to work because you have to clean house. The man refuses to clean house. I don't know if he's a sucker 
if people are able to sweet talk him, you know, if Balky's like, you know, oh, I've been an NFL GM and da da da, and they're able to get in his head to where they can, he listens to them and he actually believes what, you know, they're shoveling. I don't know what it is, but, and nobody does, you know, if all he cares about season tickets, then we'll see when they release the season ticket report, if they do release, you know, if they've had an increase or decrease in ticket sales, it might take a dip after this, but yeah, it starts at the top. So when you, when you think about, when you think about that whole situation to change the culture, you've got to have guys that come in here that the players respect. Okay. Respectful. I love this. I love, you know, taking a look at like the Steelers, you know, Mike Tomlin, he's been there a long time. Okay. You know why he's been there a long time It's because the Rooney family, they respect the, the level of respect by the players, the, the Steeler way. And it trickles down from them to office personnel, to head coach and to the players. And with the players, they leave that up to Mike Tomlin and Mike Tomlin you know, even when a player does show out or does something dumb, I think they got Claypool on there who's doing dumb stuff right now. Mike Tomlin doesn't have to go after him because the players on the team will get him, you know, will get him. So that's that's how it should work. When a player does something dumb, the rest of the team should be getting after the player, not the head coach. Now the head coach will say something, but we're not we're not structured like that. We don't have any dogs or alpha males. We just have guys that I can't wait to get the hell, the hell up out of here. That's what we have. And it starts at the top, starts at the top, that level of respect. We don't have it. Forget football, forget fumbling, forget plays, forget, oh, Trevor did took a five-step drop or all this off the, all this analysis bull crap that people do on why we're not good. It doesn't matter if the game plan is flawless, if the integrity of the team from the top is trash, the rest of the product is going to be trash. In the story, in the story. Yeah, no, I 1000%. 1000% agree with you, you know. And the the hot buzzword now is is culture. And you know, players want to come to a place where there's a good culture or you know, you make a you make a a case for why anybody wants to come to Jacksonville because of, you know, state taxes and the weather, you know, blah blah blah. But the fact of the matter is, is that it's a work culture. I mean, and you know, the thing that I've been trying to kind of relate to a, a couple of people is that, you know, as an NFL player, it is their job have you ever worked in a job where you cried in the parking lot before you walked into work? Like, or when you pulled up to work and you're like, man, I got to go into this place again. It's the same parallel with, mm-hmm. you know, with, with an NFL player, they work there. They're, they're not looking sure. at it as a, Oh man, I'm so blessed to be an NFL player. It's like, yeah, you know, That's we're all point. blessed to have great jobs. We're all blessed to, you know, be in certain positions. But at the end of the day, if you got to spend, 40 plus hours in a toxic environment, you're not going to want to be there. And that's what the issue is with the, with the, with the current leadership right now, with the current team, there's so many just things that are distracting this football team from actually preparing and being part of a football game, which is why the product on the field is absolute garbage because you've got distractions from the coaches. You've got distractions from, you know, the, the, the game plan, you've got, distractions coming from outside of the 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 organization you've got distractions inside of the organization and so the last thing you've got is a rookie quarterback trying to keep all of this stuff together and it's not going to work out that way and I think like you said Derek it's got to come from the top to where you want to assess you know an alpha uh, and then on top of that you bring in you have to have leaders like Calais Campbell Calais was by far the most instrumental leader 
And I think Calais, Paz, um, you had a couple of pieces that were on this Mercedes Lewis, uh, a couple of pieces of instrumental veterans that were on this team teaching people how to be veterans and teaching people how to be pros. And you don't have that on this team anymore. You really don't. They did the longest tenure Jaguar right now, probably on this team. And I, and I love them to death. It's probably going to be Smoot. But what, what success has Smoot seen besides 2017? What could Smoot tell me as an incoming, you know, rookie about how to win games? And how to, you know, you, you can tell me about preparing and taking care of the off, your body in the offseason and everything else like that, which is fantastic. But when it comes time to win games, you don't have that veteran presence to win games. And that's why they lost on Sunday. There's no one there to show them how to win games. You have to be able to get, you know, get, get over the hump. You have to have a field general on the field to make sure that everybody's aware of what's happening. Clock time of possession, down and distance. You have to have someone that's been in that situation before to, to, to rise and be a leader. And right now we're relying on a rookie quarterback who has probably, I mean, he's done a lot of great things at Clemson and done a lot of great things, you know, uh, you know from, from a game perspective in college. But from here, this is a whole different ballgame. He should have ran that touchdown in instead of trying to clock it. I understand mm-hmm. what he's trying to do, but you got to go in. You got to put the game on your shoulders. You got to get there. The clock is one thing, but go for it all right there. You don't have any time right now to really just, just start managing the clock and thinking about you have to win. And that's what they're missing. They're missing that leadership and that win mentality. You know, when you think about like the, whether if it's the leaks or the rumors or um, the, the, the situation as a whole, let's, let's really, let's take a step back and, 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 you know, let's, let's talk about uh bulky for a minute. Um, you know, obviously, Balky, we know the story. He came from San Francisco. I've said on this uh, on, on this show multiple times, he did not build that San Francisco team that went to the Super Bowl in 2013. He was there, but he didn't build it. He got credit for it, but he didn't build it. He would never listen to us. I'd say it to his face if I saw him in public. You did not build that team. You know it, and we know it. Okay? Your drafts in San Francisco were garbage. Okay? Hot garbage. Trent Baalke, all right? I've taken a look at every single one. You had like three pro bowlers, was it? Navarro Bowman, Kaepernick, and, um, oh gosh, I can't even think of the third one. There's a third one. But you've had like three pro bowlers, Alden Smith, okay? And Alden Smith, you know, all three of those guys outside of Navarro Bowman, the other two, you know, one had, you know, political aspirations uh, that we're not going to get into, and one had a drug problem and a drinking problem. So, and then the rest of your drafts after that, after 2011 or whatever, whatever it was, they were all hot garbage, not a single pro bowler for five years, for five years, not a single one. Now I get it. You might have some misses sometimes and you're not perfect, but you're telling me for five years, you didn't draft not one pro bowler. Somebody please look that up. Correct me if I'm wrong, but from what I saw, from 2011 to 2016, after Kaepernick and Alden Smith, he didn't draft a single Pro Bowl in San Francisco. Oh, in the leaks and dysfunction with the team and the organization, you know, half our uh, defensive coaching staff came from the Baltimore Ravens. You know who the Baltimore Ravens head coach is, right? John, Har- uh, John Harbaugh. You know who his brother is? Jim Harbaugh, who worked with Trent Baalke in San Francisco. So put oh. that together. You don't think that they're not – you don't think that they don't talk. You don't think that they don't know. 
Okay. Like that, that it's, it's plain as day. Yeah. So I guarantee you that defensive staff that we do have, they probably won't be here next year. And All and right. also when you say that, you get you gotta think about it too. There's only 32 teams in the NFL. Mm-hmm. It's probably the most tight knit networking circle, like yep. in corporate America. <laughs> it yep. probably is like if you really think about it, there's only 32 of these type of like 32 teams. And with all the owners meetings and, you know, things that that happen within the NFL, it's got to be the most tight knit networking. And someone is out there telling or saying things and relaying things about Trim And I don't understand if Khan is just not invited to the lunch table or if he's just not invited to, you know, the things that are that that are just watch out for this guy. But it's it the, the leaks and the and the the poor draft picks have been the constant with Trent Baalke. And that's why I don't understand, you know, why he's continuing to retain his job. If there was a, you know, if there was any type of evidence of him, you know, roster building or any type of evidence of him, you know, being able to be like a player's coach or not, excuse me, like a player's GM or having any good relationship with anyone around the NFL or any reputation around the NFL, it would be one of those things where you could probably give him a chance. But the track record it doesn't appeal to me, and I think that with Jaguars fans right now, we're all in you know in a, in agreement and united that this is not uh, you know a good idea to, to retain him. Look at this. Hold on, I just I just found something that is absolutely outrageous. Are you guys ready for it? I just looked this up as JK three was talking. And I'm sorry if we have to go for this. This is something I think it's so small, but it speaks the volumes of what type of guy we're dealing with here. In 2011. In the sixth round, he drafted a guy named Bruce Miller, okay? He was a fullback for the 49ers. He came out of UCF. He's from Woodstock, Georgia. Let me tell you that while he was with the 49ers, he was released from his contract and charged with seven felonies with assault with a deadly weapon, but the charges were dropped. He gets, you know, and and this was after it. He had been with the 49ers four years, signed an extension, and when he signed the extension, he got he got the charges, and then they were eventually dropped. So then the guy spends four years out of football, four years, okay? And then four years. And then we decide to sign him in August of 2020 on the practice squad. But then guess what? The guy got suspended for the NFL from the NFL for being on PEDs. Okay. So Trent Baalke was in our office in in our team's office back then, you know, assisting Dave Caldwell in whatever capacity. And so his, one of his first kind of reactions or moves or whatever you want to call it is, Hey, let's bring this fullback in. He's right up the street in Woodstock, Georgia. I think he can help us. Oh, by the way, he's been charged with assault with a deadly weapon. Henry's been out of football for four years, but let's bring him in and see what see what he can do for us. Okay. And then we sign him. He doesn't even make the team, goes back and forth to the practice squad. I think appears in one game against the Bears back then in, in 2020. And then was, you know, let go. Okay, that was a you know a, a player that no one knows about, probably. No one has any kind of um you know, memory or, or, or recollection of, but just look at the story itself. Think about this. This guy brought back a guy that had been in football for four years, just like, you know, Meyer brought back Tebow, but that's different. 
Tebow is, is, from what we know, is a good, upstanding person. This guy's been, you know, got felonies and PDs and things, and they still brought him in. Like, come on. Look at the, look at the, the he's terrible, Shad Khan. You don't see that? How, how do you how do you bring someone in like that to help your team, even as something as small as being on a practice squad? For four I mean, years, nobody gave the guy a look, and then all of a sudden he's he's coming back to try out for our team. What are we a joke? I guess we are. There are some people that are thinking that he may have been behind that Chris Doyle. Yeah, uh, that, that, that that Chris Doyle thing, or you know, the strength and conditioning coach with the with the with the bad background as well. I mean, and then yeah, but you you mentioned the Tebow thing, and so the Tebow thing. That has got to come through him, right? Because he's a general manager. Yeah, so he's got to sign off. He's got to sign off on the players that are going to be added to the roster. So Urban wants to end the Carlos Hyde thing. So obviously, you know, you're bringing, you know, you got a coach that wants to bring in his guys. Again, the NFL, big networking. Got some guys that he wants to bring in. Okay. Um, you know, Tim Tebow hasn't played football in, you know, quite some time. Are you going to bring Carlos Hyde in? Okay, Urban, I understand we're starting this thing off fresh. I'm going to give you one of your guys. Not both of them. You're going to get one. And it's not going to be the guy that used to play quarterback that, you know, that we're going to have running around kind of building up, you know, some things. So, I mean, like the more that we think about it, and granted, you know, I'll, I'll say it as, as a Gator fan, super excited for the fandom to see and that Tebow mania, people coming to the practices and everything else like that. It's great for, you know, getting the, you know, the fan base hyped and everything. But at the end of the day, there, there is no, there's no like, there's no ROI on that at all. Except the, you got a uh, bunch of people walking around with eighty-five jerseys. Yeah, well, they made some. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Is that profitable? You think that whole venture was that good for the team, money-wise at least? Profi- <laughs> profitable. It was profitable for Tebow. It was profitable for, uh, you know, for for a couple of online reach a local online retailer here in Jacksonville, Florida. <laughs> that's who it was. That's who it was profitable for. I got. That's you. about it. Formerly in the Avenues Mall. Um, yeah. But uh, what was the it stat really that you profitable. had? It would have been really profitable if they would have let Hard Knocks come here and he would have cut him on Hard Knocks. Okay, Con, if you were a businessman, you should have let it come here so he could have cut him on Hard Knocks. I still <laughs> wish that would have happened. Okay, but anyway, end of Sorry. <laughs> no, I do remember you mentioning that. That that would have been the most epic season. Must of Hard see Knocks. TV on a Sunday getting cut <laughs> on a Sunday, bro. We would have had the six plagues coming. We would have had locusts. Uh, there would have been an earthquake coming, famine. Firstborn would have been smited. <laughs> <laughs> we did, that's what we, and that's what we knew about at the time. We didn't even know he was over there. Urban Meyer was kicking players and like all that other nonsense. Was going on, talking to other women, you know what I mean? So there was a lot of stuff that we didn't even think that we would see that would have been seen. So huge uh, disappointment on uh, HBO still does that. Or is that NFL network that does that? HBO. Okay. Yeah. So bad job, HBO. They've got um, an in season. They've got an in season one now with the, uh, with the, with the I saw that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How is that? I haven't watched it. Okay. Um, what's the stat? Uh, just to end on that, uh, what's the stat that you mentioned about the uh, the J- Jags uh, with the history related to the GM and the head coach leaving? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So we were in the Twitter spaces, and uh, my boy B Rich. Shout out to uh, at B Rich the Butcher. Uh, he's actually a butcher, so which is which is great for his uh, his, his Twitter handle. But uh, he mentioned that there was only like two times in this organization's history that they have cleaned house, like from the top to the bottom. It's only been done twice where they have knocked out the GM and the uh, head coach. And I think, and I, I could be, you know, I, I know it was with Caldwell 
and and Doug, bless you. I know it was Caldwell Thanks. and and, and Doug, but um, I think the previous one was with uh, with Malarkey and um, who was the who's the GM before um, Caldwell? Uh, Gene Smith. Gene Smith. Yeah, Malarkey and Smith. Yeah. So twice. Interesting. That's so interesting. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I don't know. I think that... um... Gosh, I don't even know what the, you know, I know that we're going to probably at a minimum, if my, if my theory stays correct, which is just a guess that maybe he just stays through the the coaching uh, hire process. And then we, we find somebody else, but um, it just, it's such a bleak way to look forward to the off season and the draft. I think one of you guys mentioned this maybe in the Twitter spaces that you can't even really get excited about having the number one overall pick because you're scared who will take, Yeah, which is not, that's not exciting for fans. Yeah. It's not, it's not exciting at all. And it's not exciting for them to continue this, this, this era of, or this, this path of losing, you know, and I think a lot of the times, um, you know, and a lot of the reasons why Khan gets, you know, so much slack from fans is because he doesn't make smart football decisions. Um, and if you're not going to be the person making the football decisions, you need to hire someone that is going to make the football decisions. You need to hire someone. Um, you know, I, I loved the, you know, the VP of football operations position that they had. Um, I, I don't think Tom was the right person for that because he's from a different era of, right. you know, players and player personnel and, and management and things like that. But if you can find someone that is, you know, like a Ryan Stamper, Ryan Stamper currently right now, um, you know, is, you know, the uh, VP of personnel for the Jags. I don't think he's going to be around, but someone uh, and I, he shouldn't retain his job either, because, again, he would it would contradict what I said about the stink staying around. But, you know, someone in that area or someone in that position that is relatable, that can have, you know, some type of uh, understanding, you know, with the with the with the players, um, you know, someone that can really just um, understand, you know, what the current what's what it's like to be in the NFL currently right now, you know, someone that can yeah. come in and respect and, and demand that and get that. And then can roll that up to Shad because I guarantee you Shad doesn't have, he doesn't have, he he's not involved with any of his other businesses. He's got people that have tenure that roll that stuff up to him. Right. You know, he's got people that report to him. So, so put in someone that has, you know, and that has a football mind that has, um, you know, an understanding of it and kind of be your eyes and ears 
on the ground within the organization. And then from there, just try to turn turn this thing around. But you cannot turn this thing around by continuing to make thing like moves like the bulky thing. It's going to alienate the fans, which it already has. I mean, it's on news for Jax right now. You know, the clown emojis. Uh, it's like I'm watching the dark night, you know, with all with all, with all these clowns just, just <laughs> around. So it's like, you know, that and you're alienating the fan base. Um, you know, you have, um, you know, just things that are going on. But I think another thing, too, that kind of baffles me about it is because he spends money in free agency. He doesn't spend it the right way, but he spends it. But then again, he's not involved in making these decisions. And it's just weird to me how he can't, you know, see the sentiment and see what's going on with, you know, the the bulky issue and why he shouldn't clean house under his tenure. But then again, you know, if there is a high price for agent out there, he'll spend it, but not in the right place. You know, it's just, it's, yeah. it's well, like with Urban Meyer, I mean, that was a chunk of money. And so it's like, it's too, it's hard for me to, to jump on him too much. Cause I feel like he, I, I genuinely feel like he wants to spend money on the right thing because why wouldn't you want to, but it does, it does come across as bizarre to go this route. He, I think gu- the, he's, gu- he's gullible in my opinion. He's yeah, gullible when it comes to the football operations piece of it. He's great with him and Mark Lamping when it comes to the business side, because the value of the team has definitely look, look how trash we are. And the value of the team is what times four <laughs> times five, right? Yeah, okay. Look at that. So the business operations side, he, he's pretty much got it. And he's got a great plan that a lot of people are behind for the, the city and, and, and around the stadium, but he's trash when it comes to the football operations, why he won't hire someone with the pedigree and knowledge and experience to run a football team is beside, like, I don't understand why he doesn't do that. And if he's listening to guys like Jerry Jones or whoever, you know, whoever he's tight with in the ownership circle, um, you're listening to the wrong owners. (laughs) Jerry's the GM. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You're listening to the wrong owners. Yeah. Jerry's GM too, but no, it's beside me. Um, Side note, I, I did make one error. He did draft uh, four Pro Bowlers because Eric Reed made the Pro Bowl in 2013 with the 49ers, Trent Baalke, but that was the only year he made the Pro Bowl. Um, so that, <laughs> discrediting that's, that's four. Yeah, discrediting it. He, he the only year. Put a, he put an asterisk beside it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But no, it, it, it's, it's, re- it's, the, it's the craziest thing when you sit back and really think about it, that we're going to have $70 million in cap room. We're going to have a young and exciting quarterback. We live in Florida, crying out loud. So there's a great tax advantage to an NFL player coming to the state of Florida. I don't, man. So the tax thing. No one's going to want to come. The tax thing is a big deal. Okay. Okay. It it is. Yeah. In the, in the, in the grand scheme of things, the, you know, the tax thing is a big deal, but that's not going to be one of my, if I'm an NFL player, that's not going to be one of my top three reasons why I'm coming to Jacksonville. No, 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 I'm not, I'm not saying you're right. It's not going to be one of your top three things that you're coming to Jacksonville, but you could use that to your advantage. You won't even get to that point because of how crappy we are as an organization, as a team, you can't even get there. If I'm an NFL player and I and I and you know my agent is coming to me and saying, uh, "All right, so we we've got Jacksonville, we've got uh, we've got Jacksonville, we've got Carolina, we've got Cincinnati, and you know a, another team." I'm looking at number one, the money. Number two, my impact on the team. How, how am I going to be able to get in and fit in where I can earn more money on top of that? And 
Number three, I'm going to, again, look at the pieces around it to make me earn more money. I could be just a team of me. And, you know, I could be somebody just just thinking that maybe, you know, I'm looking out for number one um, and looking at what I'm going to do. But I'm thinking that if I'm if I'm going to go to a team, I'm going to go by what's going to help me continue to build my brand and continue to help me get more money and make it more optimized for me. Jacksonville is a small market. I'm not going to, you know, granted, unless I'm the first round pick like Trevor, I'm not going to get a lot of deals. You know, they got the money. Um, you know, so, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm excited about that. And then I'm excited about, you know, the impact that I'm able to make on the team, depending on my position, which anyone coming in as a free agent right now would be able to, uh, and if you are good, you would be able to kind of instantly step in and make a, and make a role and make yourself, you know, uh, available, uh, because of the lack of talent that's on this roster right now. So two out of the three things I'm hitting, you know, that, yeah, that's going to make it. Don't forget number four though, the four seasons hotel. Oh, you're you're right. (laughs) (laughs) That's another big reason. No, but I was just saying, I was just saying that, you know, some of the things that should be advantageous to moving to our our, our great city that a lot of fans love and and, and love living in, you can't even use because we're that trash of an organization. Yeah. Yeah. So that's all I'm saying is we can't even, we can't even, we can't even use those things. I mean, Um, and and again, the the way that I continue to look at this is I continue to look at this as, you know, being an employer or being, you know, someone that is, you know, on the job market, for example, like if I'm looking for a new job, if I'm trying to find a new job, if I'm trying to, you know, find something else like that, I'm going to look at, you know, the money, you know, overall, but then two, you're going to look at the the culture. You're not going to want, you're not going to work somewhere where you don't want to be like, no matter how much money you're making, you know, everyone has their price for sure. But if the culture and the place is not going to be someplace where you want to work or if you're working with a toxic boss, you'll stay where you're comfortable regardless of, of the money, unless you are just a money motivated person. Right. That makes sense. I love the idea about the EVP and having like, um, or, sorry, Alexa just started talking. Alexa, stop. Of having like the uh, oh, Coughlin role. You got other podcasts tapping into your, to your Alexa. <laughs> yeah, I know. That was weird. Uh, I don't know why. I don't think I said anything that sounded like Alexa. Um, but the uh, the idea of having somebody in that role that Coughlin had, like a Jim Caldwell, uh, as you mentioned, I think uh, might be good, especially from like a recruiting perspective, too, because, you know, Caldwell was pretty popular, I think, from what I've read with the players and you know, that whoever's in that role is going to sort of have to be a recruiter to a certain extent as well in, uh, in making the case to come here. It's not just going to be at the, about the money, like you guys mentioned. It's going to be a whole bunch of other reasons, too, and convincing free agents that, yes, it's different. I promise it, next season's better and the culture's better. And so you got to be able to make that case uh, authentically. And if Balky's here, it would certainly help that we have somebody like Caldwell or, or someone similar to that above him to sort of say, I'm actually the guy leading this effort. Uh, but uh, look, look, really quick, every, oh, every football team has a, a buzzword um, that they um, you know go by a motto. So the motto for uh, our team coming up should be Aretha Franklin, R-E-S-P-E-C-T, something silly like that, something <laughs> else, because the players don't have respect. Okay, so that should be the motto, Aretha Franklin. Okay, yeah, like, get, get, I like that. You know, they, they always have some type of hot button or phrase that they that they go by, you know, to start off a season to set the tone, and that's what that's what the tone should be. It should be from from the from ownership all the way down. Respect. That, that's what that's you got to get before you before you get W's. You got to have respect, and we don't have any as a team, and the players don't have any for 
uh, leadership. So that, that's just, I'm done. I can't can't even harp on that anymore. I guess we play the Patriots this week. Uh, hope we don't get killed. And <laughs> that's pretty much it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, good. That's optimistic. Well, I was going to say really quick, if you guys don't mind, just to run down the current list of head coaching candidates. And then I know, JK3, you had mentioned something uh, that you wanted to chat about with Trevor Lawrence as well from the Jets game Sunday. Um, but really quick, just running down the list that one of the reporters put out there of guys that I guess are relatively confirmed to have interview requests. I don't know if they've accepted them, but you've got the Bucks with uh, Todd Bowles. Uh, you've got uh, Byron Leftwich with the Bucks. You've got Nathaniel Hackett with the Packers throwback. Um, Matt Ab- Aberfluss, I don't know how to pronounce it, but the Colts. Jim Caldwell, Kellen Moore with the Cowboys, Doug Peterson, ex-Eagles coach, and then Dan Quinn with the Cowboys. And I kind of threw out a theory and let me know if you guys think this sounds right. But in order to grab the interviews with Byron and Kellen Moore, it's almost like they made a point to ask for the other coordinators, too, just so that way it'd be a little bit more difficult to turn it down without saying one guy's better than the other. But what's your guys' opinion on that current crop of uh, requests so far? They're, they're interviewing who they should be. I mean, that's a step in the direction. You know, they're, they're, they're interviewing who they should be. You know, there's a couple of hot names right there with Byron and Kellen. Um, you know, that are that are just been, uh, you know, offensive minds and that have kind of jumped the Eric Bieniemy name, which is really, really, you know, odd how it, how the NFL is as far as like, you know, coaching um, and, you know, hot names and things like that. But I mean, as far as some of the experienced candidates on there, you know, Todd Bowles, uh, I'm not too keen on because, I mean, he he wasn't really that well in New York when he was at the Jets. Um, you know, Hackett, again, you know, that's Hackett is the typical Jaguar that leaves and finds success in another, you know, with another team or with another organization, you know, uh, he did have some great success, uh, you know, in 2017, but I mean, Blake was his quarterback. And then on top of that, I think some of the, uh, the defense, that 2017 team, you know, made it that far because of the D Um, Byron, you know, another hot name, but again, uh, you know, for me, I'm looking at Doug Peterson. I'm looking at Jim Caldwell, you know, someone, some teams, uh, that have, or excuse me, some guys that have had success in bringing teams and going to the big show. I mean, you know, Doug, not too far removed from, you know, the Super Bowl, um, you know, with Nick Foles and then uh, Jim Caldwell winning in Detroit, which now would be he won in Jacksonville, which is going to be pretty much the new, uh, you know, the new, the new, if you can win there, you can win anywhere. So, um, you know, I'm excited to see what they, what they decide to do. Yeah, the a lot of the the, the choices that they have are, are are good choices. Okay, um, especially the Caldwell and Peterson uh, interviews I like. Uh, Byron Leftwich, Kellen Moore, and I don't know about Nathaniel Hackett just because I don't know if he would want to come back uh, when he was basically uh, put left out to dry. But. At the end of the day, when you look at the um, when you look at the, the the landscape of what options we have as far as a, a, a you know a coaching pool, I would personally like someone with NFL experience. Uh, Peterson and Caldwell obviously are going to be those top two, and then the NFL head coaching experience. When and the coordinators left, which I really don't like the left which choice, to be honest with you. Like I get, he's you know he he played here, you know he's going to be a, a favorite here because he was a player here, but Leftwich is um, Arians has given him the two thumbs up, and you know he's coaching Tom Brady right now of all players, and he's probably learned a ton 
but I just don't know. I just don't like that one. I, and I can't really even think, you know, put a finger on it as to why. I just, the, uh, the reason why is because the, the current like personnel and we're looking at it from like a, a, a foggy lens of who's here right now. Can mm-hmm. you know, and who's going to be the person that's going to be winning here right now. Again, granted next year, you're coming back from, you know, you're coming back from DJ chart. You're coming back from, um, you know, ETN, you're coming back from Agnew. Um, you know, you're coming back from Dan Arnold, so, I mean, there's going to be some pieces. There, there will be, you know, if everyone can stay healthy, which you got to control what you can't control, you know, there's going to be some pieces on offense and James Robinson, for example, too. There'll be some pieces yeah. here, but they won't be Brady, Gronk, um, Godwin, Mike Evans, Antonio Brown. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's not going to be them. You're going to have some pieces, but you're not going to have those pieces. Look, the Bucks have, if you, if you look at like for, with Leftwich, for instance, the, the Bucks roster, they have one, two, when healthy, one, two, three, okay, three guys that are, you know, two two guys that are possibly number ones, and Chris Godwin can definitely, you know, could, has the potential to be a number one. So, you got mm-hmm. three number one receivers, and they're tight ends. They have one, you know, Hall of Famer, and then two guys, O.J. Howard, and, oh, gosh, I can't think of the, the other guy's name, Cameron Brake who are yeah. very good tight ends. Those two are very good NFL tight ends. Yeah. When you look at his running backs, Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette, when Leonard Fournette is not playing around, he's actually a really good player. He and scored four Tom touchdowns. Brady, <laughs> <Yeah>. And <laughs> Tom Brady's in his head. So that's what Tom Brady does. So my, my point is, you, you know, uh, Byron Leftwich has all those weapons that he has, whereas we don't have those type of weapons. And he's got – a head coach behind him that if anybody starts going south on his game plan, Arians will, you know, get after him and so will Tom Brady. So that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, veteran leadership get, too. Yeah. Leadership. Yeah. So uh, that's why I'm not really sold on him. The, the Kellen Moore uh, uh, interview request is interesting just because, you know, he's been around for a while now as an OC and I'm leaning towards the OC offensive coach, uh, you know, mentality because, you know, we need someone here to develop Trevor Lawrence. We don't need uh, um, a defensive-minded coach who's going to hire an OC, then that OC is going to get hired away. I'd yeah. like the, the head coach to be offensive-minded so he would stay put uh, because Trevor Lawrence needs development. Okay, yeah. don't get it twisted. He needs to be developed uh, to catch up with the speed of the game. And I think that, you know, that's a good transition because, like, on Sunday, last Sunday, I said, you know what, man, we, we had the, the Texans – I didn't see much from the Texans. I haven't seen, you know, much from him, you know, since DJ Agnew, a couple other pieces have been, you know, hindering. But at the end of the day, if you're this generational, this talented quarterback, at the end of the day, players going to play. Baller's going to ball. Shot caller's going to call. You know what I mean? So you got to you got to be able to. I need to see that from him. I saw it on Sunday. Honestly, I, it was it was one of those things where I was very pleased to see where I, I think that one of the tweets was, I don't know what it is, but I need to see it from Trevor on Sunday. And it was there. The throws were there. The decision making, um, you know, some of the and I don't know if it's an offensive scheme, but I would rather him see those deep shots and those those balls being thrown deep and dropped. And like, okay, that's on Treadwell. That's not he doesn't have the the ability to not do this. And I want to be able to see that ability. I want to see the ability to throw some darts, some accurate passes. Um, And, you know, he was there. And and I kind of took Sunday as like an exhibition game. Like maybe that fourth or third preseason or the third preseason game, maybe the second one. But one, you know, I wanted to see what we what we what we've got in the kid. And I think after seeing Sunday, 
I agree. Offensive coordinator, offensive minded coach, someone that is going to uh, really use this as an opportunity to be, you know, Patrick Mahomes kind of Eric Bieniemy, you know, type thing. What's going on up there in uh, Cincinnati right now with uh, with Burrow and then kind of the same way with Josh Allen and Brian Dayball, somebody that is really going to be. Uh, you know, offensive minded and go in together and come with a game plan on how they're going to fix this thing and turn it around. But I did see it on Sunday. Super excited, man. I just hope that next week they can get the uh, or next next week, next year, they can get the pieces in. And uh, we do have a game on Sunday against the Patriots. I mean, we're going to watch, but. <laughs> we will watch. number one, number <laughs> one defense, <laughs> number one defense versus the worst offense in the NFL on Sunday. So. I mean, you know, this is probably, you know, one of these things where Mac is probably going to go out there, try a couple of different plays, a couple of different things against our defense and really try to see what's going on. But I mean, I hate it to that. We're even to this point right now talking, you know, about the Jags. Um, but, you know, it is as my mother-in-law says, it is what it is. Yeah. Well, at least we will see. Which I, uh, hate that. I hate that term. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, I, I also don't like it. But Josh McDaniels <laughs> will be there. So maybe, uh, you know, do a little after game, uh, you know, interview, a little, little soft interview with him, possibly see how. Yeah. How it looks. I would love to see Come if they in. took the towel, if they took the towel and like put it, you know, sometimes like an NBA when players are talking, they like take the shirts and put it over their mouth so you can't really see it. Yeah. You know, those those type of conversations usually lead to things in the offseason. So if we do see, you know, the McDaniels and Trevor, you know, put the towel over, you know, hey, mm-hmm. man, just hang in there. Give me about, you know. Give me about uh, two months. Let me go ahead and win this. Let me go ahead and win this championship. Let me see how far we can take Mac. Then I'm, I'm, I'm do it. He's like, he's like, just just as an FYI, if you think Mac is good, imagine what I'm going to do with you. Yeah, I could see that maybe, and I'm sure he's going to be like shooting to put up like a hundred points on Sunday just to be able to yeah. show off or whatever. Yeah, but that's yeah. Uh, that's funny. We'll see. Maybe that'll work out. I don't know. Um, all right. Well, we'll uh, we'll wrap it there. Uh, appreciate everybody for listening. We'll be back after the Patriots game Sunday. Maybe there'll be some more progress towards the head coaching search. I guess I don't know if it's just requests or if actual interviews can take place during the season now. I'm not sure how that works, but uh, hopefully we'll see something material happen with that. Uh, appreciate everyone for listening again. Uh, you can subscribe or follow us on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a five-star rating and review if you don't mind, just to help us get some uh, additional listeners. We're also on Spotify and Google Podcasts as well. And of course, part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Thanks. And we'll talk to you next time. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.